Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's May 21st, 2021. You're listening to the best PokerCast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me? You hear me now? Yes, I think I think we figured this out. Yay. Today. Excellent. Excellent. For three weeks away from sixteen years, right? So. And it was it was easy to edit too, which was great. Good, good. Hopefully, so. uh, it was easy to listen to on the for the our twelve listeners out there. <laughs> so this is our last show because we've obviously mastered the audio now. <laughs> Every time you say that, people believe you. So I, I know. Well, I like the emails. It makes me feel good. You feel wanted. You know, it's like those people who give their. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Forget it. <laughs> Just, You're a social media whore like I am. Yeah, exactly. So I, it gives you that shot of serotonin or whatever the hell they say. You know, epinephrine. I don't know what the hell it is. But something goes in here and you're like, oh, it's tickling my uh, my brain. So, Well, I will say that people are still listening because we've got a couple emails from people excited about our uh, anti-up auction, uh, which I have not had time to work on yet. So, But it is going to happen. So, Yay. Stay tuned, folks. So, Don't spend all your money on other stuff this summer. Don't make us too rich because we really will quit. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, last week we opined that a number of Las Vegas poker rooms would schedule tournament series during this fall's World Series of Poker, but it appears many aren't waiting, Chris. Wow. Summer, Wynn, Aria, Venetian, Orleans, and the South Point have already scheduled series. And, of course, the WSOP Online Series will be going on this summer as well. That's a lot of confidence, you know, a lot of confidence to do it without having to worry about the World Series drawing the people in at that time. So good for them. Yeah, and so, I mean, a couple of things about this. One, it's good to see them, a lot of these series coming back. Uh, a lot of them are overlapping. So, I mean, you know, I know the draw usually is the World Series poker um, to get you to go out there and play all those. Um, and there is, you know, it's an online version of it. So, I mean, it's not like there's no World Series. But um, but definitely, I mean, uh, if, uh, if you're a live tournament player, I mean, you've got, I, I think all five of these series are like on top of each other. So, um, you'll have lots of options. Um, plus, you know, you can play in your hotel room at night, um, or during the day for the WSOP. So there's that. And then, but then the other thing is like some of these, like the Venetian win area, they do multiple series a year, at least pre COVID, right? So I would imagine they'll come back in the fall <laughs> during the World Series with their own as well, too. So, yeah. So, so the only thing that really changed in my mind here is that they they all wanted to jump the gun and get going earlier than we thought they would. So, which is fantastic. So, and you know, I guess it's not entirely people aren't. Sure. I mean, like you said, if they show up, they still if they don't live in Vegas or Nevada, they have to go there to play the World Series online anyway. Or if they don't live, you know, in the other states, but um, so they could be traveling there anyway. So that also will help boost it. And the, the fact that you know that these what five properties here reached out to each other and talked to each other and said, okay, so we're going to schedule all these events so we know we'll, we've got each other's backs kind of thing, you know. 
it's it's one thing where in Florida where you get ticked off that you know somebody in Tampa is running a series the week before you scheduled yours, but in Vegas that they, they don't have that problem. They don't have that issue. They're like we want as many people as possible in this city. So for them, they they had to have organized that, and I think it's going to be successful. I don't think there's going to be a problem filling the seats. Yeah, I, I definitely think they're all going to be uh, very successful, and um, so I guess we'll just want to see what the reaction is. So, because this next item has something to do with that as well, too. So, yeah. But the Centers for Disease Control relaxing its guidance on mask wearing for fully vaccinated people. Las Vegas casinos have moved quickly to respond by relaxing mask mandates, social distancing, capacity controls, and removing plexiglass dividers. Now, to be clear, not all of them are doing all this, but but some are. Uh, the win was, I think, the first one to take down the plexiglass dividers and. Um, some are, are moving up to nine handed games and, um, adding more tables. So, um, a couple, uh, shots in the arms uh, here, <laughs> since, since we've all got shots in the arms um, to, to the whole Vegas world, um, with, uh, the tournaments and then, um, adding more tables and, and more capacity. So, um, things are turning around. So, yeah. And you know, it's only going to take a little time for people to be, if, if you notice more players are going to the rooms without the plexiglass, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the ones who still have it to take it down. And then they're just going to, it's going to be like a snowball effect and they'll all be gone by the summer. Well, in the flip side is there might be one or two to hold out that people want them, right? Right, so right. That's always the weird thing that we, we knew was going to come out of COVID was that some of this stuff people were going to be like, hey, you know what? And I actually kind of like, you know, having the, that, that dedicated space for some, fat guy next to me can't encroach on my space right and um some people are going to want to continue to wear masks and some people are going to be happy that there's not uh, some guy licking his fingers with chicken wings while playing cards right so uh it's definitely there's some opportunity here for for rooms to cater to whatever crowd they want to crowd. yeah it's the novelty of the one smoking room that was out there when we were what was it uh samstown samstown yeah no no which one uh, one of the stations, Boulder. Yeah, station. that's right, Boulder. That's what I wanted to say was Boulder. So, yeah, they used to have smoking, and it's like there's that one niche little thing that worked for them, and this may happen. You're right. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? You know, like, oh, Caesars is still, you know, or whatever. That'd be pretty funny. But, I mean, good for them if that's – people want to feel safe, too, you know, and they want to play poker. So combine the two, and you might get your little enough niche to, to increase your uh, you know, your revenue and your traffic. So we'll see. Well, well, keep in mind, we, we've seen this with businesses else everywhere where you, you um, live. I mean, restaurants, grocery stores, things like that, right? Yeah. Their, their, their ownership, whether it's corporate or mom and pop, uh, their, your views on COVID are reflected in how they run their businesses, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some now that have uh, said, hey, no more masks for anybody because you don't have to. And then there's some that you walk in and you still have to have your mask on, right? So, uh, casinos are no different. So there's going to be some that are, are, are going to be much more cautious, um, not because they're trying to cater to those folks, but just because that's their mentality, right? So right. a lot of stuff still to work out on this, but uh, we'll be interesting. Um, you know, I think back, uh, maybe we talked about this show, but I know I've talked to his friends like, you know, a year ago, like when we realized, because it was really like about a year ago and now that we realized, hey, this isn't going to be over quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? After that first month or so where we, you know, it was all fun to be staying home cooking meals. <laughs> um, so then, you know, once, once that set in, I'm like, oh, this, we're going to be in this for a long haul. It, it was always like, how do we know when it's over, right? It's not like there's going to be like some big announcement, you know, with trumpets and stuff and say, COVID, gone. Go back to normal. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's coming out of stages now, obviously, with the, the vaccination and the, you know, the president CDC saying no more masks. That that was kind of like the big push. That, that's about as close to a, an announcement as I think we're going to get. But um, uh, so, yeah. So, you know, it, it is possible here maybe in a month that most things will look normal again, which I never thought might happen. So fingers we'll crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, lots of poker rooms are reopening, so here's this week's update on poker room reopenings. In Louisiana, Boomtown, New Orleans will reopen its poker room on May 28th. In Nevada, Silver Legacy Resort Casino has reopened its poker room. In Illinois, Hollywood Casino Aurora is reopening its poker room. And in New Jersey, Tropicana Atlantic City is reopening its poker room. Uh, we now have 244 reopened poker rooms in the United States. Antietmagazine.com slash reopen. Let's verify details on poker room reopenings. And if you have updates, email us at editor at antietmagazine.com and sign up for that weekly e-blast that we send out. And I expect we'll have a couple more in Illinois opening up uh, soon, too. They just hadn't announced it quite yet because uh, Illinois has now allowed poker rooms to reopen. That's so. correct. Okay. Uh, any updates? Papes, the Antiep fans' free online tournament series on Poker Stars Play. Money site is available everywhere. Details how to join can be found at bit. Uh, bit.ly slash p-a-i-p-s. Games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th of every month. Rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Uh, join the Antiep Fans Group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask call the floor questions, or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antiep logo designs on merchandise at antiepmagazine.com slash shop to buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Antiep Magazine, Antiep PokerCast, or Antiep PokerTour logos. If you have a hand of the week, a listener spotlight, or a call to floor submission, email us at podcast at antiepmagazine.com or post in the Antiep Fans Group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us at podcast at antiepmagazine.com and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, it's like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week. We send them something cool. This comes from Doug Pavick. He says, what do you make of the deal Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed with a Seminole tribe to handle sports betting and gaming updates without requiring it to go in front of the voters? Do you think we could get online poker via Caesars or another outfit if they run it through the tribal system? Yeah, so very timely here. So, um, and uh, actually today we'll find out more details on all this, but uh, <laughs> we already have some bad news um, in all this. So let me back up. And uh, so for folks that aren't paying attention and also bad news out of Texas too this week where they, um, the online bills did not advance in the house too. Right, so, right. Uh, so here's what happened in, in Florida is obviously the Seminole tribe is probably the largest uh, Indian tribe, gaming tribe in the, uh, the world. Um, so they, they had a, a compact years ago, um, and then they got upset and said that the state wasn't cracking down on, um, what we call, um, house bank game or player bank games. I'm sorry, player bank games, uh, or designated player games where you play three card poker, but one of the players at the table is acts as the banker, right? Right. So our natural rooms do that. So they quit paying their, their share to the state for years now. So they did work out a deal with DeSantis to sign a new compact and start sending 500 million bucks a year, at least to the state, which, you know, who doesn't want that, right? Yeah. So that's where we are. So what was interesting about this is, uh, as you've listened to us on the show, Chris and I whining about this, uh, gambling amendment that was passed by voters a couple years ago that essentially said that all, um, Expansion of gaming in Florida has to be approved by citizen 
pilot initiative, right? Right. What I didn't realize at the time, and now we're finding out, and it's not a surprise at all since the Seminole tribe was the big backer of, of this amendment, was that there was an exception in there, Chris. The, as long as it's done through a compact, then it doesn't have to go to the voters. Very smart. Oh, man. So that's kind of where we are now is that uh, the tribe, uh, obviously the governor, believes that everything that they're, they're doing now is covered under that exception. There are some lawmakers who do not. Um, uh, as far as our personal views, I, I don't really care at this point. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Um, so we'll see what happens. So now where it gets down to what he was talking about online poker, the, the, the downside here is there was a uh, – in the initial deal – a um, agreement to uh, look into online gaming within the next three years, to renegotiate the compact in three years um, to add online gaming. And I didn't say specifically poker, but I would imagine that would be part of it. Um, lots of Florida lawmakers were adamantly against that, so that was stripped out of the deal on the very first day of discussing it. So at this point, there does not seem to be any roadmap for online gaming of any sort, um, including poker, for the foreseeable future here. So it's going to take a federal thing. Then you have to opt out of it if you don't want it. You know what I mean? It's, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen in Florida. I, I mean, I like to do. You know, I don't like to say never, but I just don't see it happening, and I don't see it happening in a lot of the southern states. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, certainly when you start reading these comments from these lawmakers, I mean, it, it really is an old school mentality. And I'm not criticizing them because there are dangers to gaming being so easy that you can play it on your couch. But that's the words they're using, right? They're like, well, we don't want people being able to bet on their couch. We want them to have to get up and get in the car and physically drive somewhere to, to lose all their money. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so if that's the mentality, then, you know, I, you're right. It's going to have to be a federal thing. It's going to have to be some of these lawmakers term limiting out, which happens in Florida. Everybody's on term limits here. And some other folks that look at it differently, replacing them. So, you know, that, that might be the case. We'll see. But, uh, but there definitely is a pervasive old school mentality on online gaming here that does not exist in the states that have allowed it, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, hypocritical is all it is. There's there's plenty of carve outs for horse game, horse racing and sports betting, but for some reason you can't watch a ball spin around or watch cards flip across a green screen without it being uh, oh my this is so offensive this is so dangerous just ridiculous. So I mean in Florida though, the good thing I think one of the things that most uh, poker players will like out of this is sports wagering is allowed in this it's not online you still have to go to. Um, uh, casino to do it, but uh, those things usually go hand in hand with poker players. So uh, that that is a positive out of this, and uh, they are doing satellite um, boosts at all the paramutuals too, so you don't have to go to a tribal casino to do it. But the tribe does control it all. So that that was the one good thing that came out of this. You know what? The good news I have is we have a new O'Malley's move. <laughs> Here it comes. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are in a 50-cent, $1, no limit hold'em home game at a game we regular. There's one maniac, one calling station, and the rest of us are fairly solid. The game is six-handed. The blinds post, the under-the-gun folds, the plus one who is the maniac raises to $3. 
the cutoff folds, and we're on the button with 235 and the ace of spades, jack of hearts. We've more than doubled our initial buy-in at the expense of this maniac. I'm feeling good here. We make it $7 to go. The small blind, who is the calling station, calls. This player started the hand with 225 up 125. The big blind folds and the plus one calls. There's $22 in the pot and the flop is the jack of clubs, nine of hearts, eight of diamonds. The small blind surprisingly leads out here for $15 and the plus one folds. This is an interesting move for a calling station. Is he going against type? We ultimately decide to raise. This is a decent flop for our hand and one I think we want to get some value for. We make it $40 to go. The small blind calls quickly. There's now 102 in the pot and the turn is the ace of hearts. I feel like this is a great card for our hand and when the small blind checks, we bet $60. Again, he quickly calls. The pot is now at 222 and the river is the queen of spades. Our opponent hesitates briefly, looks at his cards, and then shoves for his remaining 118. So, we have to call 118 to win 340. Is this a no-brainer? What's the move? All right, slide with advancedpokertraining.com and Louis and your hands are situations a podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. All right, we're uh, sunsetting on the Jerry Haynes Marathon here, Chris. Uh, eight. Hand eight of his Jeez. ten hands yep. that he sent in. Yep. And, and as a uh, as a good uh, uh, hand of the week submitter, he continues to update the, the file so with more information. So, uh, All right, so if, uh, if you've been following along, uh, he and some friends are playing on PokerNow.club online, and they're playing quarter, 50 cent, no limit, hold them. And he says, after seven hands, we are on the positive side with four wins and two outright losses and one lost hand where we folded the best hand to a bluff. He added that in for you, Chris. Yeah, I asked last week. That's right. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, our hero says, we've decided to call tonight after a few more orbits, so calls are becoming more frequent. I'm still down 145 and sit with 155 in my stack, up a meager $27 from hand one. Two players have me covered, and we are still five-handed. Under the gun player limps, cutoff folds, the button raises to $2.25, the small blind calls, and we are in the big blind with the eight of diamonds, ten of spades. All right, so we're seeing some limps and a raise, and we have second worst position in a five-handed game, and we have a one-gapper that's not suited. <laughs> Does it sound like you tell me what I want to do, or do I have to actually say it out loud? I, yeah, I think what's happening here, because we've seen him say that some calls that are becoming more frequent, that he's going to go home after a while. This is what we call the sidewalk sale poker, I think. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, you know, every hand looks good because, you know, there's not going to be more hands to see. So, uh, I, I, uh, honestly, I think that that's where you get in trouble with it. So I, I will be the first to admit that I sidewalk sale all the time <laughs> like this. So. Uh, it's a natural thing for players to do, um, but it's not a good thing for players to do. So this is an easy fold for me. But I remember one of the very first trips we took together as business partners. We went to Jacksonville, and we were closing one of their poker rooms. I think it was Orange Park. It was getting late, and the tables kept clo- like dying and, and breaking up. And I'm running around trying to find a seat 
before like whatever, 1 a.m. or whatever it was when they were going to close. And I would just like sit down and play every hand. And I felt so dirty when I was done. When I left that <laughs> casino, poker room, whatever, I just felt like this is not the life that I want to live. I, I need to, if I'm going to do this, and I'm always professing that poker is a game of skill, I need to play it like a craftsman. I need to play it skillfully. I need to stop doing this. I can't be that desperate to play one last hand of stud eight or no limit hold'em just because, you know, the night is ending, you know, and I just, I really felt terrible. And that was like the ultimate, like, bargain shopper running around, like you're talking about looking for the best. I just felt so nasty when it was over. So that's the equivalent to me is at the end of the night, when you know you're wrapping it up, just still play properly. Don't play stupidly, you know, and in this case, not saying it's stupid to call this raise, but you're going to be out of position, somebody raised, and you have a horrible hand. I, I think the right thing to do is to fold here. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, trying to score that one big. That's just not proper, you know, bankroll management, proper play. So I'm folding. Yeah. So am I. So I'm sure uh, Jerry here is going to give us a good explanation as to why he's not folding. Okay. Otherwise, it will be pretty crappy. I mean. <laughs> All right, he says earlier in the night this would be an insta-fold, and a case could be made to fold here as well. Yes, we just made two cases. Yes. Uh, my call here is not chasing losses. The button's raise is with a pretty wide range. Small blind, just calling, caps his range a bit, and I don't expect the under-the-gun to limp raise very often, so I'm getting pretty good odds to call. The plan is to proceed with caution unless I smash the flop. All right, so again... That's the way to do it, but, you know, uh, we just chucked uh, 225 into this hand, so that's where I'd be worried about because, you know, they, how often are you going to smash the flop with uh, 10, 8, not uh, all three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so our hero does a uh, call, and the other gun also calls. So nine bucks in the pot, and the flop is the 10 of clubs, tray of diamonds, deuce of clubs, and the small blind checks. Hmm. Okay, well, that, that's, I mean, obviously we hit top pair with a horrible kicker. And I, I just want to go back for a second. We talk about ranges for people, and we're saying open to a wide range. But how does that help us when we're playing a horrible hand? Yeah. It doesn't matter how wide his range is. If our horrible hand is going, okay, so we flopped a 10. So his wide range could be jack 10. His wide range could be 9 10. His wide range could be queen 10. You know, because that's a wide range for me. I'm not, I'm not open raising with, nine you know nine ten very often even if it is five-handed so if if he's got jack ten or queen ten we know we're going to be out kicked if he has a ten in his hand i mean we just know it so we still have to proceed with caution with top here because we have a horrible kicker now it's a good flop in the sense that real i mean there's some clubs there and you know a straight could possibly happen if somebody's sticking around with ace four or four five or something so it's still a wet board so now you're saying to yourself, oh, this is a wet board. I have to protect my hand. Well, now you're getting deeper in. We said hit it hard. This is not hard hit. This is top pair, horrible kicker, wet board. Now you want to protect this hand that may or may not be the best hand. And you're going to be looking at betting, you know, well, half the pot, two-thirds the pot. Two-thirds the pot is six bucks. So now you're you're into this hand for eight, nine dollars already. And you have eight, ten off suit. You know what I mean? So you have top pair, horrible kicker. So this is how you get into trouble. If it was eight ten deuce three suits, then I'd be like, okay, I'm comfortable betting six seven bucks here. But now we've got top pair horrible kicker and a wet board. You need to protect that hand, and as a hand, my ear might be protecting the second best hand. This is why you don't get. This is why you fold. This is why you yeah, make good decisions. 
One of the things that we've learned over these eight hand, or seven hands prior to this is that these players know each other well. Um, at least Jerry knows his players well, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So there is there is some psychology here too. So I see us proceeding one of two ways: either <clears throat> what you mentioned is going in betting and and trying to protect, or <clears throat> checking and with the intent to check raise that um, buttons C bet, which we know is coming. So. Obviously, always, and this is the problem with being out of position, the danger of checking around is that it could get checked around, and there are horrible cards coming for this hand, right? Yeah. I mean, as loose as this game has been, and I don't mean that negatively, I mean, it's just a five-handed game, so, you know, ranges are wider. Um, you know, you've got all kinds of straight possibilities here. Uh, you've got flush possibilities. Um, any overcard is going to be scary, so there are... There's a lot of danger here, so I, if, if I'm confident that the somebody's going to make a bet and I can check raise, that might be the play um, for me. Uh, if I'm not confident, then I think you're right. You got to you got to bet big, but now you're setting yourself. Either way, you're setting yourself up to be the uh, the big dog in the rest of this hand. So you mentioned it's like eight bucks that you're in if you can bet that, but I'm already seeing thirty, forty, fifty dollars going into this hand. Yeah. Yeah, think about the check raise. So let's say we do check to the guy, and the guy does his normal C bet, which two thirds of pot is six bucks. Now we're raising him to eighteen. Now we're into the sand for twenty of our hundred and sixty stack, and we weren't even going to play it. You know, I mean, we shouldn't have played it. So now you check raise to make it twenty or whatever eighteen, and then the guy actually has ace ten, and you're screwed because he raised preflop and he actually had a hand, you know, or he had jacks, and now you're screwed. So it's just a sloppy hand that I, I just, I would have gotten away from. Um, so I wouldn't even check raise. If I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet out now, try to make them think it's a donk bet who was in the blinds who hit two pair and, you know, or something like that. And they all fold out. But if I bet six and they raise me, I'm out. You know, if they raise me, I'm probably out because I don't think eight ten is going to get it done. Well, and I guess there's a third strategy here. Third strategy would be checking and trying to represent a hand different than what we have. Right. So if like, um, that that straight card comes, that flush cards comes. Now we try to represent that as our hand, knowing that we've got you know a backup hand if we get called down. So um, that might be another play too as well here. So and if, uh, the more I think about it, that, might be the better play here because now we're not committing any money necessarily. Right. The problem with that, and again, there's a lot of ifs in these things. But the problem with that now is, so you check the guy bet six, and you're now set up to be the person representing a hand. So you call the six and now a, a hand, a nine comes that doesn't help us at all. And it's a, a, a red nine and that doesn't help our hand our cause at all. So now you check and now the guy's like, all right, I think you're drawn. Now he bets us out with a pair of nines and we don't even, we had the best hand the whole time, but we ended up folding because we were trying to represent something we didn't have. And we do have tens. You know what I mean? So there are ways to, cause the other way, if you bet out, you've taken control of the hand and it, but then you tell them you probably have a hand. This way, if your way, we're telling them we don't have a hand, but now we're going to get forced out of the hand because we missed on the turn and we've committed eight or ten dollars for no. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of landmines here, no matter how you play it. Yeah, yeah. Hate it. There are three bad doors to choose from. Yes. <laughs> Money Hall is not giving you an option. That is good. Now, please. I was oh, yeah. First friends with him. Sorry. I'm dating myself. Sorry. Four tapings one day. That's right. I remember. <laughs> All right. Here it says, I didn't smash the pot, uh, but I do now have top hair with a marginal kicker. I think I have to bet here for protection slash range definition. 
So the question becomes how much to bet. With three players left to act, I should have made it a pot size or even a tad larger. So I think my bet sizing was too small as I made it $6.66. Uh, what a devilish bet. Uh, uh, when $9.99 or $10.10 would have been better. <laughs> Uh, the other gun folds, but the button and small blind both call. All right, so we're in position for one person, but the button's got us the rest of the way. All it right, says so. the small blind is Eric, who we now have been up against in four hands in a row. For those who don't remember, he is a tricky player who's not afraid to play uh, out of position. He has to have some kind of equity in the hand, but it's probably not terribly strong because he just called after a bet and an overcall. The button is a tad on the looser side pre-flop and loves to chase drills, especially in position with the call. I don't think I'm behind his range right now. I expect him to have either a club draw or hand like ace five or even ace trade has made a pair plus a backdoor straight draw. So, I mean, right there, that guy, even though we might have the best hand right now, if he has any of those hands, he's probably a favorite. Um, or potentially close to a favorite. And then we have the small blind in the middle who we have no idea what's going on. So. Were one of those two players the one that raised preflop? There's the button. button. Yeah, the button. So that's the scary thing right there. The button's just smooth calling you. You know what I mean? I don't think he's drawn. He raised preflop. He he might have jack-10, ace-10. He might have jack-jack because all you can do is raise preflop, so there's no reason to think he doesn't have it. And he might be smooth calling, thinking that you're just trying to steal it from him. I mean, I guess uh, somebody had an overpair would might want to protect their hand even more and re-raise, but you know, he could have something like jack-10. You know, so I'd be more wary of him than the, the other guy, but we'll see. I'm going to be super curious how this hand plays out because yeah. with two opponents, um, there are not a lot of cards coming that we're going to like here. Right. So, right. Be interested to see how this develops. So, all right. There's now 28.98 in the pot, and the turn is the five of diamonds, getting us a board of ten of clubs, tray of diamonds, two of clubs, five of diamonds, and again, that's not a hand, a card that right. uh, we'd like to see. So, because now we got uh, two flush draws out there, the straight got there, um, and and we did not improve any much. So, uh, but the small blind checks to us. It's hard to imagine that Ace Four stuck around for a six dollar, sixty-six dollar bet. I mean. It's six cents. Six cents. I mean, so that I, I'm not too worried about that. Four six is a gutter. I don't really think that the only way that was happening is that they had specifically ace four of clubs or six four of clubs, which is a very specific hand that I think wouldn't have played it that passively. They may have said, "Hey, I got a monster draw. I might as well get some more money in the pot." We're ending up shop here, so um, so I feel like the five didn't really hurt us unless somebody had pocket fives and didn't believe our bet out. So. I feel like if we were ahead, I think we're still ahead. Uh, and now I really got a bet, which is, again, the problem with this hand. There's 29 in the pot. You generally you bet half, so you're looking at like $14, $15. So now you're looking at yourself, you bet 21 you bet like $23, $25 on this hand already. And it's like, it's a whole, this is a 50-cent game, and you're you're playing with, you know, 8-10 in auto position. So... This is a lesson for me if we lose his hand. So, I mean, I'm going to bet, I guess. You know, I can't check and let them steal it from me, and I hope they're not floating. So I'm betting. I'm betting, like I said, 14 bucks maybe. Uh, I think i got to go more here. This is where the real danger of getting involved in this pot is. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking a pot size bet here right now because if we're up against some draws, we got to make them make some mistakes, I think. So, um you know, and then maybe we're up a, another made hand that's going to come alive, but I'm trying to figure out what that might be. Um, I mean, I guess there could be an ace 10 that was kind of floating us a little bit. Um, I don't know, but um, 
this is again the real danger we got in. Uh, I mean, I don't think a half size bed is big enough right now for what we need to do here, but um, at least a half size bed needs to happen. All right. All right, our hero says, uh, well, I'm behind most of the 10X hands that would have called the flop bet. There are still a lot of draws and underpairs that I am ahead of, and both of these players are willing to gamble this late in the night. So I decided to bet here and put the hammer down, as Chris likes to say. I bet 22-22, and both players call again. Holy okay. cow. So we bet more to my side of it and did not get the result. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if we got the result. I mean, the, the reason you bet that much is is not necessarily going to fold out is to get them to make a mistake. Uh, on odds. So if they're drawing, that maybe the second player has the odds now. The first player doesn't really have the odds. So right. So somebody made a mistake here. Um, but now, wow. Well, they only made a mistake if they. I mean, if somebody has ace ten and they call, and then the guy after him has to draw. He would say, "Oh, they can all be making the right calls too." That's the thing. Well, so I'm saying, small, yeah, small blind probably didn't make a, 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 a mistake here if, if he is drawing because that yeah, that's your point yeah. two. So it's 44-44 in the pot now for him versus 22-22 for the other players. So, and there's a huge pot brewing. Yeah, here, now so. it's now the pot's like 73 bucks now. Uh, no, actually, the pot is ballooned at 95. Oh, wait, that's right. I forgot the original 22. So, yeah, 95. So, yeah, it's almost 100 bucks in the pot already. And this is 810. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right. Uh, and the river is the 10 of hearts. For a final board of ten of clubs, trade of diamonds, two of clubs, five of diamonds, ten of hearts. I honestly can't believe that we ran the gauntlet there, Chris. Wow. <laughs> None of the danger cards come, and we actually improved. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, small blind checks to us. Well, I mean, 90 bucks in a pot, I'd, vet, I'd value bet like $40, 35 40 Sounds about right now, yep. Wow. Well, let's hope it holds up here, so. Okay. All right, our hero says, Boom! River trips and the third 10 reduces the chance that one of my opponents has a 10. With two flush draws on the turn, I would have expected either player to raise me with a set, so I greatly reduced the possibility of a full house out there and decide that I want to bet for value. I contemplate a smaller size, but then decide that I want it to look more like a misdraw bet than a value bet. Hoping to get called by hand like 8899 or even ace 5, I bet just over two thirds of the pot for 7777. That's a lot. It is a lot. Usually we do that in a turn when the pots are smaller. I mean, unless you're confident somebody's going to call a big bet or a shove or something, that's that's a lot of money. Uh, it is an interesting strategy, though. I and I have done this before too. Where you, you know, the, the over bet there to make it look like, as you said, you missed, and, and getting somebody to call light there. Although, uh, well, yeah, now that we have our three tens, it doesn't really matter. But um, I, I don't know what that calling light would be, uh, other than a a lesser 10 hand, which doesn't make sense. So, I mean, what, what's, what's a lesser hand that's calling here? I know, 9, 10. But then wouldn't they have done something to protect it earlier by re-raising us? Or raising yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. All right, both players fold. Yeah, of course. That's way too big of a bet, too. Uh, he says, either I should have bet smaller or they both had draws and missed and would have folded to any bet. I, I imagine it's it's the latter there. It definitely seemed the way people were playing here that they were both on draws of some sort, which just is incredible that we, again, ran that gauntlet and didn't get hit. And not only that, but then felt confident in the end to, to bet because we improved. So, um, so yeah, I don't know what you could have bet there if that's the case. Um, you know, it's a friendly game now. Maybe they, they told them since the... The hand what they had, but uh, I know if they're on draws, I mean they're not going to call a dollar there. I mean, you think about it too. If it's 
we can put insert other hands in here. We got lucky here. We really did. Not just oh, yeah. because we dodged things, but also it could have easily been nine ten or jack ten. And you know, you don't even know if they were drawn. Somebody could have folded nine ten. They could have thought that you know, or, or you know, you don't know. Probably not. But still, uh, somebody could have had nine ten in this hand, and we would have lost our stack because then they raise you from seventy seven to all in. And you have to call with three tens, and then you look at nine ten or jack ten, even jack ten. Well, I realize that jack ten may have raised at some point us because they wanted to, you know, thin the field more or, uh, you know, protect their hand or whatever. Some people are content on saying, "Hey, I've just got nine ten here. I just got jack ten here. You know, I don't want to just get my, commit my whole stack at the end of the night." You know, and this guy wakes up with Jack Jack, you know, and, and, and he's smooth called me in the big blind or something. So people can be cautious with top pair and people can be cautious without worrying about monsters under the bed. This could have easily been, you know, Jerry goes broke on hand eight. You know, we knew he was going to win because nine, ten still is out there, those two hands. So as far as hands of the week, I mean, because we knew he sent us ten. But if, if this was just an isolated hand in a vacuum, you know, this could have been Jerry going broke because of the way he played it and the fact that he did play it. But, hey, he ended up winning. Well, the pot was 95 before his bet, and a lot of that's his money. But, you know, he still made 60 bucks on his hand probably, and that's that's great. But it should have it, – it, it could have been just into the muck just as easily as – you know, or could have cost him his whole stack just as easily. So I, even though these are – I think these are – a lot of times we do these hands of the week, I think of them as cautionary tales. You know, which yeah. is why we do it. Because even if we're stupid and we don't know what we're talking about, you still can see how a lot of these things could get you into trouble. You know, regardless if we're professionals or we're hacks or whatever, just the fact that you and I are fleshing these hands out every week, these people got, you, you've got, you got to be learning from these situations and how it could have just as easily cost a mistake as it didn't. You know, that's how I look at it when we do these hands of the week. Absolutely agree. Or would that be hand of the weeks? Hand of the weeks. <laughs> uh, I, I, that was one of the journalistic yeah. things that I've always had problems with. You know, it's like, oh, like the, the, the guys on ESPN, they'd say, um, he had 10 RBI. No, he had 10 RBIs. I don't care about it being runs batted in. It's the, now the abbreviation is pluralized, but the S at the end, they, when they talk like that, it just sounds funny. Of course, I've never been able to like adjust to like the word millennia and, those words are immediate when they want to pluralize them. It always that always threw me for a loop when we were editing. I was just like, "What the hell? How do you how do you not say an s at the end of the verb here with that word?" You know, but they don't. It's weird. This has been deep thoughts with Chris Casenza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's end eight. We got two more from Jerry, and uh, looking forward to those. See how he wraps up his little session. I'm Chris Casenza, and I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at AntiUpMagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.